And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Luke Smith, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And I see you've brought with you a bodyguard today, so yes. can you do the honours? I can. So this month we're having a property discussion around various aspects of property investment. And Mark is a commercial agent at Rain and Horn, so what, why not get him in and talk about some of the key attributes of commercial property, some of the hows, some of the, 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 the whys, the wheres, um, and some key things that people should look out for because I think it's a space that can be very, very powerful and I think like all evil used for good, it can be, have very, very good outcomes. Um, but we really want people just to be aware of the key attributes of that sector so that they can consider it as part of their broader investment portfolio, either inside or outside of super. So, Mark, thanks very much for coming in. Welcome to the studio. And uh, I promise you it will be a relatively painless process <laughs> until you receive the bill at the end. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. When people hear the expression investment property, the first thing they think of is a little holiday house down at the coast, isn't it? Mm. But is that always the best investment option? Uh, well, I might be a bit biased because I uh, only really exclusively work in commercial real estate. Um, but, you know, through doing that, I have seen the there, there are a fair few differences between investing in either uh, holiday homes, residential investments and commercial investments. Uh, commercial investments uh, come in quite a few different categories. Yep. Typically, the three main categories would be industrial retail and office and um, they typically provide uh, bet probably better returns than what you would find with residential. This is the interesting thing about commercial real estate as an investment is that people just don't think about it as an investment option. They, they think mm. of the, the holiday house or the inner city apartment and they can rent that out and make a decent return out of it. Yep. But when you start peeling back the figures, you can make better returns in, in commercial real estate. Now, why is that? Oh, well, you certainly can. Um, I think the main uh, rule of thumb is the higher the uh, returns, the higher the risk. So I think maybe when people say hear the word property, they automatically think of residential property. Um, however, with, um, with, with commercial, sometimes it's a little bit harder to get into and it's a little bit more risky. However, once you've got that tenant in place, it can be more of a set and forget. You've got someone for, say, five years paying uh, a set rent uh, with annual fixed increases and that's when you, 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 you can actually make those returns. All right, so that's really interesting. So if we think about residential as the go-to for most property options, a general rule of thumb or, or, or the current market environment at the moment at say 25 to 4% on a residential property. What sort of numbers are people looking at when you talk about that commercial space? How much higher is the income that they could generate? Oh, well, depending on the sector, the position and the, the type of tenant and the type of lease, um, you could you could get anywhere between 5 to up to 10% return on a commercial property. Okay, so that's a significant increase. And then you also touch then on the ability to put the, the, the increases in annually. Is that something that goes into the contract for security in relation to the amount of rent people will pay over the term of their lease? Yeah, because typically with a commercial uh, lease, it tends to be a lot longer than a residential lease. Right. Um, residential uh, tenants, they don't know where they want to be living in 12 months' time, uh, whereas an office tenant or a retailer, uh, they're, they're probably pumping in 100 200 300 grand into a fit out right. they don't want to be 
they don't want to have the risk of being uh, terminated in after year one. So we would we would usually sign longer leases, usually minimum of five year leases. And uh, you know the economy changes within five years, so uh, the rent has to um, increase in line with inflation. Okay. So when people are thinking about leasing a commercial space, you know there are a number of sectors that you can purchase in that commercial space. You can have some industrial. You could buy a shop. For example, um, Westfield is obviously a great example of that. Most people go shopping and understand that. When it comes to buying a building, can they just put anything they want in that commercial space? Are there rules around what can and can't be used? Yeah, so you do have to be a bit careful if you're uh, either leasing or buying a commercial property. Uh, You have to... um, Obviously, you've got a proposed use, whether you're a gym or a shop or a childcare centre, you have to make sure, especially in the ACT, that firstly, uh, you're looking in the right area. If you want to uh, lease a workshop, for example, you'd have to be looking in those industrial zoned areas, right? Okay. such as Fishwick, Hume, uh, or Mitchell. And then each property in the ACT is, is crown leasehold. So you also need to dive a little bit deeper and make sure that your proposed use is permitted by the by the crown lease in its purpose clause okay so that's really good for people to consider that they can't just go out to mitchell for example buy a factory and then set up a doctor's clinic there are specific rules around how that building is zoned for its use and you need to make sure that if you are in that medical space then you are buying something that is zoned appropriately going forwards without a doubt yeah yeah so um it, it, my, my advice would be if you are on the hunt for, uh, l- like you say, a doctor's a doctor's clinic, the first question you should ask the agent is, can I do health facility in this building? You could find the perfect building, uh, the perfect size, got the right amount of car parks, all of that. But if the, um, the Crown Lease doesn't permit health facility, there's a whole lot of hoops to jump through to be able to get okay. that through. It's essentially a full DA. Right. And if somebody wants to buy something, when they buy a residential property, you pay stamp duty on the purchase. And in the retail space, they have first home buyers grants and some other concessions. Are there any really attractive concessions when it comes to buying commercial properties? Yeah. So with regards to tax on commercial property, there's two uh, main things. Uh, there's stamp duty and there's GST. Uh the in a few years ago that the ACT government bought out uh, legislation where there's actually no stamp duty payable on commercial property um, in the ACT uh, for up to 1.5 mil and over the last three years that has increased uh, up to 1.8 mil so um, if you're in the market for an investment property um, what we're finding is most people want to keep it under that 1.8 million dollar mark so there's no stamp duty if you go and buy a property a commercial property for 1.8 million dollars and a dollar Right. It's about 80 grand in stamp duty. Right, so there's there's exactly. something for people to consider. Yeah. yeah. Actually, while we're talking about the size of the investment, this is the other factor to consider with commercial investments. They come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? You might hmm. buy one single shop in a line of shops, which is uh, really only a fairly small floor space area, and that might be at the much more affordable end of the scale. And then as the landlord owner, you rent it out to whoever's going to operate the shop there. Uh, Or you might buy an entire building for many millions of dollars and everything in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the majority of inquiry that I get through from investors, they're 
the, the, the price point is usually sub one mil because it's affordable. Uh, but what we do um, tend to, to find is that you'll get consortiums, a group of mates, you know, if you, you get five or six of your mates together, let's all buy a larger commercial property for two or three mil and all chip in mm. because that that's going to give you a higher return than those smaller ones because there's less demand. However, if you all chip in, then you're going to get that same percentage yeah. of return between seven or eight of you. And I think that's a really good sort of segue into the structure of and, and the benefit of the commercial space because it is a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to get into high-quality assets with limited individual risk. And I think what you've just touched on there is a great way of illustrating to people that commercial is perceived as something that's for the wealthy or for the cashed up or for the people with amazing cash flow. And to a large extent, yes, that's true. But I think commercial is a wonderful way for people to get together and get five or six different mates together and you put in a couple of hundred each as opposed to a couple of million each and then share the the risk collectively across your your investor group, which I say could be a professional setup, could be six mates sitting around the dinner table. That then also allows people to use commercial in the self-managed super fund space. So I see a lot where the self-employed person will own their factory and there are special uh, considerations in the legislation under the CIS Act that governs the super world that allows you to purchase commercial space with different rules and regs to residential. So again, I think it's something that people need to keep in mind that you don't have to have a huge amount of capital to start this. Yeah. It, you can actually get into it with much lower entry point. Uh, and the other point on that question, of course, of uh, how big your investment is, is whether or not you're financing your investment. If mm. you're looking for a loan to buy a commercial property, is that different from looking for a loan to buy a residential property? Good question, and yes, the answer is yes. So typically, um, with residential investments, we all we, we all know that um, you could buy a house, uh, go to the bank, and they will lend you ninety, maybe ninety five percent of the value. So you're only coughing up a five percent or ten percent deposit. Mm -hmm. uh, the loan terms are usually around twenty five, thirty years as well, and um, uh, you'll, you, you may you may get a more of a competitive interest uh, rate as well. Um, maybe we shouldn't dive into that in this current mm. environment. Um, but um, one thing you would have to remember as a commercial investor that it is deemed as higher risk because there's va longer vacancy periods and higher leasing up costs. So banks uh, would tend to require maybe twenty or thirty percent deposit mm -hmm. um, and and, and, a, and a shorter loan period such as fifteen years. So you know you're buying a property for a million dollars. You got you got to cough up two or three hundred grand in deposit, mm. or have that equity in uh, in somewhere else like your house. Yeah, and I think that's a great way again of, of getting into that space without having a large capital outlay. You could get you know a group of people together and limit your individual risk because the bank's not going to give you as much leverage as you would with a residential property. But if you can get into something like that and have a six, seven, eight percent yield you've got a greater capacity to service the interest cost that you're borrowing, which, yep. again, when you're looking at a broader investment opportunity, you're always considering the rate of return, which is the yield, mm. and then how can I service the debt? And that could be inside or outside of a super fund. So we just want people to 
remember that the, the, the misconception that commercial is just for the big end of town yeah. really isn't so and it's something that people could really benefit from. The other big difference between commercial and residential that we haven't touched on yet is that with commercial real estate, generally the tenant is the one paying the outgoings, whereas in residential that's not so not necessarily the case. It, you can structure a commercial lease uh, in many different ways. There's a few ways to skin a cat. Um you can, you can have a gross lease or a net lease, a uh, gross lease where you would um, charge a, probably a higher rent and the landlord pays the outgoing, such as the rates and the water and sewage supply charge, and if it's a strata property, the, the body corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, we are probably seeing a few more leases uh, going net, which is uh, a... Um, a slightly lower rent however the those outgoings are recovered from the tenant as well okay so you can structure something depending on the agreement that you have and that's considered your terms and and that's what you can take to your tenant who who draws that sort of stuff up uh, well, we would agree a um, uh, being the agent. We would agree the heads the, the heads of terms between the landlord and the tenant. We would always try and push for net leases because rate rates are going higher and higher every year. So if somebody gets um, uh, some increased rates the following year, at least we can slide that over to the yeah. to the tenant. Mm-hmm. Um, but once those heads of agreements are in place. Uh, it would be uh, a lawyer, a property lawyer, that would draft yeah. the, that, that. It's that 11 list. minutes to five on 2CC, and Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We have special guest Mark Nichols from Rain and Horn Commercial. We're talking about commercial property investments today. Back with more in just a moment. Seven minutes to five now, and it's a Friday afternoon, which means Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio. And today we also have special guest Mark Nichols from Rain and Horn Commercial, talking about commercial real estate property investments. So, uh, Luke, what are the key things to remember? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we we touched on some key factors of the, the commercial space before the ad break, and I think the big takeouts for me are, one, there's a very strong yield available for the right type of property, and I think people need to keep in mind that we're not saying this is more or less riskier. Everything has its own risk components and you need to make that assessment for you. But as Mark raised, you know, you can get into these things with a much lower entry level and don't just assume that commercial is for the big end of town or with big numbers. You could do a little consortium and, and get some friends together and do that or you could buy a smaller shop and potentially spend less than a house. So I think they're two key things. And the other big one for me was was when Mark said that, you know, there's no stamp duty on purchases up to 1.8 million. I think that's a huge saving because I think you said it's about 80,000, isn't it, the stamp duty from that point onwards? Yeah, yeah, it is as soon as you go over 1.8 mil and that's inclusive of any, of any GST. Right, so that's, that's a huge benefit for people to keep under that threshold. Um, and then it's also then about saying, well, where could I hold it? Commercial property is really flexible around, do I hold it in my own name? Do I hold it in joint names? Can I hold it through my self-managed super fund as a self-employed person? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. So again, that's that certainty that people are after. Um, what are some other, What just touch on quickly, the areas that people can buy into, the different areas of commercial space. Yeah, so um, th- as, I, as I said before, there's three main sectors, industrial, retail, and office. COVID um, has had a bit of a bit of an effect on a couple of those sectors. Um, at the moment, industrial is red hot, um, and that's because a lot of retailers have now closed mm. their doors. And e-commerce, you know, mm. they're, they're they're trading online. Everybody wants warehouse during COVID. There was stimulus to get your house renovated. So all these tradies and builders, 
they were they were thriving. They've all they're they're all in the market to buy uh, or lease uh, warehouse and, and workshop space, um, and um, everybody still needs their car serviced. Okay, that's that's a winner. I think the last one, if we we've got any time, yeah, um, is just touch on the zoning rules again for people about. You talked about the purpose of the building, so you can't just go and put a kids' play centre in a certain space. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for a commercial property, for example, if you want to open up a gym um, and uh, uh, an industrial warehouse would be a perfect uh, property for that because it's nice and big and high ceilings, just make sure you ask the agent, whether it's me or whether it's someone else, uh, can I do this use in this building? Right. Okay. So there's a little tip. Don't just assume that because there's lots of space and a big roof, you can go and put 15 doctors in mm. the middle of Mitchell because you may not meet the zoning requirements. So exactly. There's always rules. And car parking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Car parking. Don't get me started on car parking. <laughs> we'll be we'll be here all day. That's a, that's a topic for another whole show. <laughs> it, it certainly is. Okay, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah. So office number 62604749. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. That's Envision with an E. We've got all of the podcasts at the strategy stacker luke talks money on itunes and spotify and as my daughter says it's on the on the tiki tocker the handle there is the strategy stacker and it's obviously all in uh, in the book smart money strategy your ultimate guide to financial planning available in all good bookstores mark if people want to reach out, how can they get in touch with you, mate? Uh, I'm plastered all over the internet. Just drive around <laughs> everywhere. You'll see my signboards everywhere. Uh, but my uh, my business is Rain and Horn Commercial, uh, rhcommercial.com.au. Uh, you can call me on my mobile, 0417-239-551. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those usual portals. Beautiful. And you've got an actual office uh, in Dixon. Yeah, yeah, our office is in Dixon at the moment, um, and that's um, it's 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 very convenient place for us. We we live out in Sutton, Womboyne, um, so uh, but it's nice and nice and central for us to get in the car and get around town. Fantastic stuff. So thanks very much, Mark. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you very much. And Luke Smith from Envision Financial will catch you again next Friday. We will. Indeed. Luke Smith from Envision Financial and uh, Mark Nichols from Rain and Horn Commercial Real Estate.